You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. What a great day to gather and worship to declare the greatness of God and to open our lives to that. If you have your sermon notes, if you would take those this morning, most of the scripture that we're going to look at is actually placed there uh, in the sermon notes. But I want to begin this morning with uh, uh, some symbols that they're going to have on the screen for us. Recognize any of these symbols? Like when you see one of these symbols, and they all communicate something similar, but when you see one of these symbols, maybe driving down the road or um, maybe at your workplace, what do these symbols tell us? Okay, I heard like none of that. <laughs> Danger? Okay, so when we see one of these signs, we know that possibly there's something dangerous close by. We might not know what it is, but it communicates danger. Someone else? Hazardous? This could be hazardous to your health. This could be hazardous to your life. Like, stay away. Anyone else? Poison? Yeah, there's something here that's poisonous. That could, again, in some way injure you, like keep your cotton picking hands off of this, right? That's kind of what these signs tell us. These are universal symbols that we would see different places, depending on what's happening in those places, that warn us of, hey, there's something potentially poisonous or toxic that could injure you, harm you, harm your family. So when we see them, we just like no potential danger is near. Well, just as there's some toxic stuff in our world that can injure us, so I have come to know and experience, and I'm sure you probably have too, that there's some toxic behaviors and beliefs that we can engage in that not only harm us, but that that harm others. There's some toxic behaviors that can rob us of life and limit the God-given potential that God's placed in our lives. So it's not just toxic, poisonous stuff. Oftentimes, the toxic stuff is happening to us or in us. And it affects then how we process life and how we live out life. You know, everything that we allow in our minds, hearts, and lives, everything that we spend our time and money on has an impact on how we grow or, or don't grow spiritually. As the old computer adage reminds us, garbage in, want to finish that statement? Yeah. And we're putting garbage in. If we have toxic stuff coming into our lives, then guess what comes out of our lives? Not good stuff. We get toxic stuff that flows out of our lives. And then we wonder, like, why is life not happening the way I want it to? Why can other people have healthy relationships, but I can never have healthy relationships? You know, why is it that people are running away from me than moving toward me? Could it be... Could it be that there's some toxic stuff in your life? And what I've discovered, not only in my own life, but as I've worked with a lot of people down through the years, is that it's the toxic behaviors that will bring death. Now, it's not so much physical death, but, but um, emotional death. Maybe the death of relationships, the death of future potential, the death of your dreams, the death of your abilities, the, the death of uh, like your ability to influence and impact others. Because of this toxic stuff that finds its way into your lives. What, what does it do? It brings about death. Now, let me see if I can illustrate the reality of this with, with these two plants. 
This past Monday, following Resurrection Sunday, I went to Lowe's and I bought two plants. Uh, these are New Guinea impatience. This is what they look like on Monday. I took a picture on Monday when I picked them up at Lowe's. How many would agree? Two beautiful plants, right? Two beautiful plants. So on Monday, I took the two plants and one plant, I poured a half a cup of bleach. The other plant, I poured a half a cup of water. On Tuesday, same deal. Tuesday morning, I got up half a cup of bleach for one, half a cup of water for the other. Wednesday, half a cup of bleach, half a cup of water. Do you recognize, like, which plant do you think I poured the bleach on? (laughs) It's pretty evident, right? Let's go to the second slide. For those of you who can't see real well on the stage, this is what the plants looked like yesterday. After five days of bleach on one, toxic stuff on one, uh, life-giving water on the other, we see one plant is like wilted. um, It's pretty much dead. I think we could say that. It's pretty much dead. And the other one's still vibrant and alive. What's the difference? The difference is what I put on the plant. I think this is a living illustration oftentimes of what happens in our lives. And that we pour toxic stuff out of our lives on others and we wonder, again, why is the relationship not working? Why am I not experiencing the life that I want to experience? Why am I not experiencing the, the success that I want to experience? Could it be, could it be possibly that there's toxic stuff in your life? And it's that toxic stuff in your life, it's that poisonous stuff in your life that's bringing death instead of life. Well, in this series that we're launching this one, we're going to talk about four areas of toxins that I think can mess up our lives. We're going to talk about toxic thinking, toxic words, toxic influences, and then toxic religion. Now, how do these these four toxins detrimentally affect us? We're going to talk about not only how to identify those, but then how do we remove those toxins from our lives? So today, we're talking about toxic thoughts. So what do we mean by toxic? Looking there to your notes, toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or death. So that's like the official Webster's definition. Contaminating poisonous material capable of causing sickness or death. As it relates to our thinking, as we think about toxic thinking or toxic thought, how many of you know we can have what I call some stinking thinking? Come on, how many of you know someone who has some stinking thinking? You live with them? Don't raise your hand. Maybe you work with them, maybe you go to school with them, but I think we we could all give names, stories of individuals who have stinking thinking, not only how it's affecting their lives, but how it's affecting maybe your own, if you're doing life with them, if you're processing relationship with them. I think we can have thinking, what's going on in our brains, that actually limits our lives and sabotages our future. I think we can have thinking that takes a limitless God and actually puts limits on him. We can, take a, we can take a God who is big, who can do all things, yet make that God small simply by how we think, how we process. We can have thinking that wrecks our lives, and that thinking would be the exact opposite of what God's word says that's true of our lives as Christ followers. Listen, what we think is really important. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, what you think is really important. Go ahead and tell them. 
See, what we think determines who we are. And who we are determines what we do. So if we want to experience a great life, then what we have to nurture great thoughts. Every day, every day we have to determine this. Am I going to feed the positive or am I going to feed the negative? I'm going to feed that which is healthy into my mind or am I going to feed that which is unhealthy and dysfunctional? And the choice we make will greatly shape the life we experience. It's so easy. Really, it's so easy to get lost in, in our negative thoughts. Negative thoughts like, I'll never be good enough. My life doesn't matter. I hate the way I look. If you ever said that, I hate the way I look. You're standing in front of the mirror, and I hate the way I look. Why did God give me this body? I'll always be miserable. God does, just doesn't care about me. Now, now, none of these statements are true, but if we hear them long enough, if we say them long enough, how many of you know they begin to affect how we see ourselves? They begin to affect then how we're processing life. In many of life's battles, I believe are either won or lost in the mind. Where they won or lost at? In between your two ears, in your mind. Now for those of you who are Christians, you know that at some point in your life, when you called on Jesus, you received him as your savior, there was this transformation that happened in your life. You became spiritually alive. So your spirit, 100% born again. But how many of you know you still have a fleshly nature that you're dealing with, right? So there's this struggle that's happening, things of the spirit, the things of the flesh. And guess where that battle happens most of the time? In your mind. That's where the battle's being played out. And Paul, the Apostle Paul talks about this, and I, I think you're probably familiar with this, not, not because it's in the written word, but because you deal with it in the reality of your life as I do. This is how Paul gives definition to this in Romans 7. He says, the very things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretch man that I am. Why is that happening here? Paul said, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do that yet. I find myself doing the very thing I, I don't want to do. He's talking about this, this common battle between our earthly nature and our spiritual nature. It's the ongoing battle that plays out in our minds. That's why I say most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. If you think negative or toxic thoughts, you become a negative person. Your soul will stagnate and wither. If you think God's truth in your thoughts, you'll become a more positive person and experience greater life. Now, the problem, I think, is that, that we're often losing the battle of the mind because our mind has been polluted with toxic thoughts from individuals, maybe that you've processed life with, or even toxic thoughts that come from the lie of the enemy, the lie of the adversary of our soul. So what do we have to do? We have to counter the negative with the positive, with truth. Interesting, Solomon says it like this in Proverbs 23, 7. He says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, as a woman thinks, so it begins to shape the life that they're living. Benjamin Disraeli gives, gives us this word of wisdom. He says, nurture great thoughts, for you'll never go higher than your thoughts. So again, if we want to experience greater life, we have to address what? We have to address our thinking process. So how can we win the battle of the mind? How can we consistently move from negative thinking that sabotages us to positive thinking or truth thinking that experiences us for the greater life that we want to live? How do we win the battle of the mind? 
I think the first step is this. We have to identify and reject toxic thoughts. Identify and reject toxic thoughts. We're going to identify any thoughts that are inconsistent with the truth of God's word. When, when I talk about positive thinking, I'm not so much talking about, you know, just, you know, just keep being positive, be positive, be positive. There have been a lot of books written about positive thinking. I'm not so much talking about positive thinking as I am truth thinking. We want our thinking shaped by the truth of God's word. So what, we're going we're gonna to take God's word and, and we're going to replace the lies. Rather than allowing the lie of the toxic thought to settle into our brain and then drive our behavior, we're going to confront the lie and reject it. Listen, if you don't reject the negative thought or the, tox- or the toxic thought, it's, it's like pouring poison into your brain. If you don't reject it and you allow it to settle into your mind, then what happens is you end up having dysfunctional behavior. Why? Because you allow toxic thinking to settle into your mind rather than identifying it and rejecting it. Now the scripture in Proverbs 4.23 is, is really a critical verse for us. Matter of fact, I would encourage you to commit this verse to memory. This is a great verse to hide away in your mind, um, to use as artillery when there's toxic thinking that begins to uh, surface in your life. Proverbs 4.23, Solomon wrote these words, Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. I like the way the contemporary English version reads. That's the same verse, but it's the, verse, uh, it's the statement below. The English version says, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of life. So your thoughts are what? They're the source of life or the source of death. Guess who gets to determine that? You do. Are your thoughts going to be a source of life? For you, for your mate, for your children, for your friends, for your peers, are they going to be a source of life or are they going to be a source of death? You get to determine like, like how that plays out in your life. That's why, it's, that's why it's, critical. it's critical that we identify and reject toxic thoughts. Thoughts like, I'm no good, I'll always fail, I'll never amount to anything. Now, that's not true. That's not a true statement of your life. But if you tell yourself that long enough, guess what? It's going to affect how you live. Because again, going back to what Proverbs said, is that your thoughts are your source of life. Or, or maybe... Maybe the negative thought sounds like this, my life doesn't matter, no one really cares about me. If I disappeared, like no one would, no one would even notice, much less even care. Now again, what is that? That's a toxic thought. But possibly you grew up in a toxic environment where that was spoken over you, and so now, man, you, it, it, you just kind of believe it. That's not true. It's the opposite of what God's Word says. Or maybe the thought that you have to struggle with sounds like this. My life stinks. It's only going to get worse. I'll never get a break. There's no way that I can change who I am. Again, that's not true. But if you allow that thought to take root in your mind, it'll begin to shape how you live. Because again, back to Proverbs 4.23, your thoughts are the, are the source of life. You know, from my study of God's Word and my own experience, as well as like the experience I've seen in others, because I, I work with a lot, of, a lot of folks, and I've seen a lot of toxic behavior, poison behavior, 
playing out in marriages, playing out in homes, playing out in the community. But from my experience and, and from what I have studied God's Word, I've I found that there's like four, like four dominant or four, if we will, most common toxins that affect our thinking. So I want to give these to you really quick. And as we're, even as we're talking through this, I want you to think about not your neighbor, but I want you to think about your own life. Like, is this an area where you struggle in your thought life? You struggle in your thinking. Then we're going to talk about how to, how to deal with these. But the first is pessimism, which usually produces negative thoughts. If you have a tendency, if your tendency is like to always go to the pessimistic side, to the negative side, let me tell you what that is. That's not normal thinking. That is called toxic thinking. You say, well, I grew up in a negative home and I'm, you know, I'm just kind of a negative person. No, you're not. What's happened? There's some contamination that's got into your brain and it's affecting how you're living your life. It's affecting how you're processing marriage. It's affecting how you're processing family. But God didn't create you to be a negative person. What do you got? You have some toxic stuff in your brain. And it's producing this this pessimistic outlook on life and it's producing negative thoughts. So if you're prone to negative thinking, like whenever the negative thoughts come, what do you have to do? You have to intentionally and purposefully confront and reject the negative. Like rather than feeding the negative into your life, you need to feed the positive. Again, back to Proverbs 4.23. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are a source of life. Here's a second kind of toxic waste that can poison our minds. It's worry. Worry which usually manifests itself like this in fearful thoughts. Possibly you struggle with worry and your mind's always going like the worst case scenario. I mean, you're always thinking, what, what's, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, you, you worry about the economy all the time. You worry about your job all the time. You worry about your children and your grandchildren all the time. Like if they're 15 minutes late, your mind doesn't go to best case scenario like they stop to help someone change a tire on the road. Your mind goes to worst case scenario. They just got hit on the road and they're dead. That's kind of the tenet of where your mind goes. Always worst case scenario. You're watching way too much news and you're listening to way too much talk radio. What's it doing? It's stirring it's feeding your mind toxic stuff. And so there's this worry, there's this, there's this agitation that's happening. Where's the battle playing out? It's playing out in your mind, your thinking process. So if you, if you have this toxic thing of, of worry happening, well, you've you got to confront and reject. You have to... You have to Confront this toxic thought of worry and confront it with truth or replace it with truth. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if you're given, if you're given to worry, can I tell you that's not normal? God didn't create you to worry. He's like, you know, we need someone to worry, so I'm going to place you in Lake Norman so you can worry. for No, that's, that's not the way God works. Worry 
that generates fear, anxiety in your life, that's called, that's called toxic thinking. Here's a, a third toxic waste that can poison our minds. It's bitterness, which pollutes our thinking with discontented and envious thoughts. Although most of us today are more blessed than anyone in the history of the world, it's still easy to be consumed with discontent. In the midst of the bounty and blessing we experience daily, there's these thoughts of dissatisfaction that can wear us out as we're like pursuing more. Maybe you, you battle with discontented thoughts about your body or your appearance. Thoughts like, I don't like my body. I wish I looked different. I, I just don't measure up. Or maybe you battle with thoughts like, my car is not good enough. My house is not big enough. My, my wardrobe's not stylish enough. There's, there's this discontentment. Can I tell you something this morning? Contentment is not found in getting what you want or what you think you need. Contentment is a state of how we think. Contentment is found in between your two ears, not in driving a nicer car, having a bigger house. I'm not against nicer car. I'm not against a bigger house. If you want the worries of that, go get it. But what I'm telling you is you can get the car, you can get the house. And if you've not dealt with the toxic thinking of discontentment, you'll still be discontent because stuff will not make you content. It's a state of how we think. It's coming to the place of recognizing how blessed we are in living in that reality. Here's a fourth toxic waste that can poison our minds. It's criticism. Criticism which pumps destructive, judgmental thoughts into our minds. Perhaps, perhaps without even knowing it, you're consumed with criticizing anything that crosses your path. You can find fault with people, buildings, companies, churches, anything else that you encounter. You you just kind of have that that tendency to to tilt toward being critical. You meet someone and you instantly think, I can't believe she's wearing that dress. I wonder if she knows how bad that looks on her. That's it. Your mind just kind of goes there. Or, or you, you see someone and you say, well, I would never do that. Who does he think he is? Like he's so full of himself. Or you go to church, you go to church to be encouraged, and you show up at church and you find out the pew's too hard, the lights are too bright, the music's too loud, and the sermon's too short. Like you came to be encouraged, yet everything you experience is like, wow, that's, you kind of have this tent of what, what is that? It's called toxic thinking. And you say, well, I'm just, you know, God's blessed me with this gift so I can help others get life right. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. He didn't. What's it called? It's called toxic thinking. God's blessed you to be a blessing to others. God's gifted you to be a life giver to others, not to be an individual of criticism. It's poisonous thinking. I'm telling you, right here at Grace Covenant, in our church family, we have marriages today that are struggling because there's toxic thinking that's got into the marriage relationship. And there's criticism and there's poison that's being poured. And you're wondering, why does our marriage relationship look like this? And there's toxic thinking playing out in the family, in the home. And what's it doing? It's robbing, it's robbing individuals of life. So we've talked about four areas of toxic thinking. I want to pause just for a minute. I I want you to think about your thoughts. 
I want you to be brutally honest this morning. And I want you to look at these four like most common toxic ways of thinking. And, and I, I want you to just circle the bullet there by any one of those four that you would say, hey, I have a tendency. I have a tendency to, to bend toward that. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's pessimistic thinking. Maybe it's discontentment. Maybe it's critical thinking. And if you're struggling with wondering, like, is, do I, is that an issue for me? If you're sitting by your mate, just ask them. They'll be glad to tell you if you need help figuring it out. So which one of those areas might you be struggling with? An area of, of, tox, of, of toxins that's, that's found its way into your thinking process. Because the first step is we have to identify. Before we can reject it, we have to identify it. Because maybe you, you grew up in a home in an environment where all of this was playing out. And you didn't even realize that toxic stuff was getting into your thinking process. You just thought it was normal because that's all you've ever experienced. Now you're living it out in your marriage or you're living out in your home or you're living it out in your workplace. And you just thought it was like normal. And I'm telling you, it's, it's not normal. It's actually abnormal. We would call it toxic. So first thing we need to do is we need to identify. And then we want to, we want to reject. We want to identify and reject the toxic stuff. Now listen to what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We need to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And notice here this last phrase. And we take captive, what? Every thought. And we make it obedient to Christ. So we're identifying, we're grabbing onto, we're taking captive the thought, and we're, 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 uh, we're making it obedient. Can we put that back up? We're making it obedient to Christ. Or we're bringing it in submission to that of Christ. We're bringing it in submission to that of the truth of his word. Listen, there's only one person who can control your thinking. And I'll give you one guess to figure out who it is. It's you. I, I can't control your thinking. You can't control my thinking. But what every one of us have the ability to do is identify that which is toxic in our thinking, to identify it and reject it. So if we're going to free ourselves, then we have to identify and reject. Every time a toxic thought comes, maybe it's 10 or 20 or 30 times a day, you have to identify and reject. That's the ongoing process. If we're going to come to healthy thinking, we have to identify and reject. And that brings us to the second step. Here's the second step, and it's really important, is we want to replace toxic thoughts with God's truth. So it's not just getting rid of the toxic stuff, the toxic thinking. We're replacing it with God's truth. Let me stop here just for a moment and get on my soapbox. It's impossible to replace toxic thinking with God's truth if you don't know God's truth. Let me say it again. It's impossible to replace unhealthy, dysfunctional, 
toxic thinking with God's truth if you're not familiar with, if you have no idea what God's word says about you, about your life, about his plans for you, his love for you, his work for you, who you are. So you can't confront it if you don't, if you don't know truth. That's why, that's why it's so important that, that, we, uh, that we find ourselves consistently, continually in God's word, allowing God's truth to, uh, to feed our minds, allowing God's truth to feed that which is healthy in our lives. Because we're going to replace toxic thoughts with God's truth. We're going to allow God's truth to transform our thinking. Listen, you'll always find what you're looking for, and you'll always become what you're thinking. That's why, again, we need to replace the toxic with the truth. I mean, think about the difference between two birds. Let me give you a contrast. Let's think about two birds. Think about a vulture and a hummingbird. I mean, you know, they're both birds, but they're both, we would say, really different, right? But vultures soar high in the sky looking and searching. What are they searching for? What's a vulture searching for? Preferably a possum that's dead on the road. I mean, think about it. Sunbaked pretty good. That's what the vulture's looking for. They're soaring high in the air. And what are they looking for? They're looking for something that's dead. Now let's contrast that to a hummingbird. Obviously much smaller. Little wings back, uh, beating like 20 times a second. The hummingbird finds nectar. The hummingbird finds that which is sweet, life-giving. So we have the vulture and we have the hummingbird. One finds dead things, one finds life-giving things. See, I think for us, we have to determine, like the vulture, like the hummingbird, we have to determine what are we going to look for in life. Are you going to have like a roadkill diet? Or are you going to have like a life-giving diet? Are you going to give death to others? Or are you going to give life to others? And what I've discovered in life is you'll find what you're looking for. If you're looking for the good, how many of you know there's a lot of good happening? If you're looking for God's presence and where God's at work, you're going to find a lot of places that God's at work. But you have to determine, what, what are you going to look for? So you have to decide the destination of your mind. That's really important. Decide the destination of your mind. Anytime your mind drifts toward toxic, dangerous thoughts, what are you going to do? You're going to stop, you're going to grab those runaway thoughts, and you're going to replace it with truth. That's the ongoing process. I'm going to confront the the negative, the toxic, and I'm going to replace it with God's truth. Let me see if I can illustrate this with with a little science experience. How many of you like science experiments? I love science. I love blowing stuff up. Um, so hopefully this morning I'm not going to blow anything up. And, and I'm hoping my little science experiment works better in this service than it did last service. Hopefully I learned a lesson. But let me see if I can illustrate for you this morning what I think needs to happen consistently, continually in our thinking process. Let's say this morning that this bowl of water represents your mind and my mind. Clear, clean. However, this is what happens. It's a reality in life. We live in a toxic world, a toxic culture. You go to a toxic workplace. There's toxicity in your school. I mean, it's just a reality. And negative stuff is happening in our world. Would you agree? Just turn on the evening news. It's all there, right? I mean, there's toxic stuff. And so what happens as we're going through life 
This is going to represent like the toxic stuff. As we're going through life, there's some, uh, let's say there's some critical words that's spoken over our lives. We go through life, um, maybe there's some envy we're dealing with. We, uh, we sit around, we listen to talk radio for an hour and uh, some more toxicity that comes into our thinking process. Um, maybe we, um, we run into a neighbor who's... Um, kind of frustrated, they're upset with us, and they speak some harsh words, so again, we have some more toxins, and so what happens, just, I mean, just as the everyday stuff, going to school, doing work, doing marriage, doing family, uh, watching TV, we're, on, we're consistently, continually having to deal with toxic stuff, it comes into our minds, but here's the deal, are we going to allow it to stay in our minds? Again, let me take you back to Proverbs 4.23. As we think, so we are. So what are we going to do with this toxic stuff coming into our brain? If we take then the truth of God's word and we begin to feed our minds the truth of God's word, then what happens is, is there's a transformation that begins to happen in our lives. And that the toxicity... Yeah, go ahead. Give me a... I could take this on the road. It was much better than last service. Last service was a bit of egg on my face. But I believe this is what can happen with the truth of God's Word. The truth of God's Word will begin to transform your mind. As it transforms your mind, it will begin to transform your life. Because as you think, so you live. So if you're living off, again, toxic, poisonous stuff... If that's what you're feeding your mind, if that's what's rooted in your mind, then that's what's going to come out of your life. That's why the Word, the Word is is so, it's so important that we're feeding our minds the truth of God's Word. So when, when the negative thought comes, when the dysfunctional thought, when the toxic thought comes, what do we do? We confront it with the truth of God's Word. So when you think thoughts like, hey, I'll never amount to anything, I'm always going to be a failure, what do you do? You grab that thought, and it's a lie. Listen, it's a lie from the enemy. What do you do? You confront it with the truth of God's Word. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where God says this, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Are you going to believe the lie, or are you going to believe the truth? As we, as we believe the truth, what transformation begins to happen? Or maybe the lie sounds like this. You have this critical thought. You see someone and you think like, oh, yeah, who are they? Who do they think they are? And, and there's this criticism that begins to play out in your mind. What do you do? You grab that thought, that toxic thought, and you replace it with the truth of Romans 12:10 that says, be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourself. So instead of me being critical of Dana, I'm going to honor Dana. What do I do? I just grabbed that critical thought, I rejected the thought, and I replaced it with truth. It's the the ongoing process. Now, I I wish the transformation of our mind would happen as quick as this little science experiment did. I wish in 30 seconds I could help you transform your mind, and I can But what I do believe is over a process of time, if you'll commit to confronting 
the toxic, confronting the negative, confronting the critical, and replacing it with God's truth, over a period of time, renewal is going to happen in your minds. Transformation is going to happen in your minds. Rather than, ha- rather than having toxic, stinking thinking, you're going to have thinking that's moving you toward the life that you want, toward the marriage that you want. Hear me, friends. It's almost impossible to have a healthy marriage if you have toxic thinking. It's almost impossible to have healthy family if you have toxic thinking. It's almost impossible to be a part of creating a healthy workplace if you have toxic thinking. Why? Because if there's toxic thinking happening in your life, you're producing death out of your life. So what do we have to do? We have to confront we have to confront the lie, the deception, the negativity with the truth, the truth of God's word. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, The Apostle Paul wrote these words. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, notice what he says. Think about. Set your mind to. Feed your mind on these healthy things. So we're going to, we're going to confront the toxic thought. We're going to Replace it with truth. And that brings us to step three. Here's step three. It's really simple. You want to repeat step one and step two daily. In other words, you're going to do this again and again and again. It's the, it's the ongoing process of life. But we confront the negative, the toxic, and we're replacing it with the truth of God's word. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to read this with me. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to commit to. Let's read this together. We will identify and reject all toxic thoughts and we will replace those thoughts with God's truth. Let's read it again. What are we going to do? We will identify and reject all toxic thoughts and we will replace those thoughts with the truth with with the truth of God's word, with God's truth. Folks, don't allow toxic thinking to wreck your life and rob you of all that God has for you. So what I would want you to know is that your life today is a result of your thinking yesterday. And your life tomorrow will be determined by what you think today. That's why it's so important that we confront the toxic thinking and we replace it with that which is the truth, the truth of God's Word that brings life. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this this morning for the guidance of your Word. God, I thank you for your word that brings transformation. Because, Lord, the reality is we live in a, a culture that's toxic. So we, we do life with dysfunctional people. Maybe they're even in our own home. Or we can be critical in our thinking, negative in our thinking, discontented, worrisome. Lord, I thank you that that doesn't have to rule our lives. God, I thank you for the help of your spirit that we can confront that which is toxic, that which is, that which is deadly, and we can replace it with the truth of your word. 
And Lord, through that process, there is the transformation of our thinking. There is the, the transformation of our mind. And because there's a transformation of our thinking, there's a transformation of our marriage. There's a transformation of our family. There's a transformation that happens in and through our lives. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us all. Because again, Lord, I just believe this is everyday stuff. That you would help us every day to identify the toxic, the toxic thoughts, to reject them, and to replace it with the truth, the truth of God's Word. Every day, Holy Spirit, help us. Walk this out, live this out. Because, Lord, how we think shapes the life we're experiencing. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.